Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Isaiah 54 verse 2 says this, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. And we've been doing this series around our dream team training. And don't switch off if you're not on a team at the moment. Because as I said last week, we are all part of the team. Yeah, together we form the dream team in this church. And this training is about strengthening our stakes strengthening our positions so that when we enlarge, when we enlarge, because we are enlarging, then we've got really good structures in place to hold us firm and to take us forward. In the first week we had, um, we, helped, we talked about our walk with God versus our work for God. Lynn brought us that session and Ali talked about the organization chart we saw that and it all sounds very businesslike but it's not it's about the structures to make sure that we are all holding each other up that the the structures that hold this church up are in place and it's about being together I talked about the team process last week and how we want to empower everybody who is part of our church to be part of the team to bring their ideas to dream together Claire brought us about the competences that we need, that emotional maturity, the fact that when we communicate, we might not always agree, and that's okay. It's okay to disagree, but it's how we deal with that, and our strategic thinking, and and around our communication. And this week, we have Kate coming up first. She's going to talk to us about our commitment, our team commitment, our commitment to one another, and how to build resilience in that. So let's give her... A hand as she comes up. Thank you, Kathy. Pastor. Morning, everyone. All good. This is my contract of employment for the Rock Church. It sets out what's expected of me. It's got things like my job title, my salary, my hours of work, place of work, annual leave, disciplinary procedures, termination of employment, pension, sickness, expenses, data protection, safeguarding. And my expected conduct, your continued employment is dependent on adherence to the church's statements of faith, your life being led in accordance with a good Christian testimony. How am I doing, people? And you refraining from behavior, which is biblically condemned. So glad that driving wasn't in the Bible, because my right foot is still being saved. But for those of you who go out to work, you will all have a contract of employment. You might not have seen it, but you've all got one. And as good people, I would expect that you are great role models at work and you are just these fantastic employees that want to do well and serve your bosses well and add value to your organizations. So why would it be any different in the church when we're serving God? When we serve the creator of the cosmos. Now look, We're not about to knock up a contract for people who are standing on the front door or serving a cup of tea after the service. But nevertheless, there are some some commitments that we should all be aiming for in our serving when we're on the dream team. 
But let me just lay a couple of important foundations. Firstly, the volunteers at our church are no different to the paid staff at our church. Every member of the Dream Team has the same level of commitment as everyone else, whoever they are, whatever they're doing. And many times you'll see uh, some of us as staff serving at stuff. We've already done a day's work, just like the rest of you. We are all the same. If Ali and I are serving, we might be your pastors, but we're still leaders amongst equals, okay? Nobody is above serving. And if I can't stick my hand or my head down the church loo and clean it, I've got a pride issue. Okay, we should all be able to do anything to the glory of God. So firstly, whoever we are, whatever we are, wherever we are, what we're serving in, we share that same commitment. And secondly, we serve the King of Kings when we serve in the dream team. We do not serve the pastors. You do not serve your dream team leader. We are serving Jesus. Okay, not man. And we don't serve to receive praise and recognition, although that is lovely and it's nice and it's good and it should happen but it shouldn't be our motivation. Galatians 6, 4 says, let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work God has given them to do with excellence and their joy will be in doing what is right and being themselves and not in being affirmed by others. Being on the dream team is serving God and being committed to him and wanting to please him and our teammates. And if we do that as a team, we're just going to achieve so much more. So when we join a team, we're not going to join half-heartedly we're going to join wholeheartedly. We are all in, 110% committed. You might only be a small part of the bigger picture of the whole dream team, but whatever we sign up to, we are going to do it to the best of our ability. We're going to be all over our serving roles. And remember, one of our core values is excellence. And that doesn't mean we have to be the best. It means that we do our best and always aim to be improving in our serving. Now, if you've been here long enough, you'll know that one of our mantras that we have here is guidelines, not rules. But actually, I want to make exception to that this morning and say that our level of commitment should be a rule because the Bible says that our yes should be yes and our no should be no. However, as you will also know in this church, there is an element and a culture of grace in this place. So if you're signed up and committed member of the dream team and you can't make a certain Sunday, maybe when you wrote it on, you need to know that that is okay. We get it. Circumstances change. Things come up. You might have to pull in a, a grandparent parenting shift, or you, your kids might have kept you up all night, or you might have to pull in a shift at work. And if that's the case, all we ask is that you let the team know. Not the team leader, the whole team. Because that way, they know they need to help cover your area. But it's not just that. It's about making sure that you're okay. Maybe you're ill. Maybe we need to come around you and, and bring you a meal. So let the whole team know. Let's not be those who rock up late with excuses. Let's not be lazy and not communicate anything. That, that's just disrespectful. It's disrespectful to God and to your team members. Let's build a culture that truly believes one of our other mantras, which is that we don't have to serve. We get to serve. Size coming on in a minute to talk about some of our mantras. But let's make sure the dream team is a place where we all get to pull together, we look after one another, we look out for one another, and we make things happen, amen? Yeah. Now in the Bible, that little phrase, one another, appears 100 times in the New Testament, and 59 of them are specific commandments teaching us how and how not to relate to one another. And under our new structure, to be part of the dream team, we just want everyone to be able to go all out and committing to one another in five ways. Firstly, we want everyone to be honest 
with one another. When you're on a team and you don't get something, just say so. If you're not feeling too good, say so. If you're not feeling the team that you're on, say so. We need to know this, otherwise you're always gonna work below par. You're never gonna be happy. The team will end up carrying you and you'll just end up dragging the rest of us down with you. So if you're not enjoying where you're serving, you have permission to shout, I'm a dream team member, get me out of here. And that's okay, and we will do our best because we've got all our growth track results. We know what your giftings are. We will try our best to fit you into a team where you can best serve and best fit. But we need to be honest with one another about how we're feeling because honesty creates trust, and trust is the foundation of any successful team. And I know this because uh, we read a book back in the day when we first started in 2012, 13 years ago. Ali and I read this book, The Five Dysfunctions of Team. And the very first chapter is trust. And we were going through an issue with some of our leaders, a couple of our leaders, and we said, tell you what, we've got this brilliant book, it's got five chapters, we'll do a chapter a week for five weeks, bish bash boss, sorted, right? Wrong. We spent five months on chapter one on trust, and they ended up leaving. But this is a brilliant book, and trust is so important in any organization. They say that honesty is the best policy, but more importantly, the Bible says, speaking honestly is a sign of true friendship. So let's be honest with one another. Secondly, let's help one another. Because when we do this, everybody wins. Martin Luther King once said, somewhere along the way, we must learn that there is nothing greater than to do something for others. Life's hard. It's already hard. So let's go out of our way to make it less difficult for one another in our teams. Let's aim to lift each other up and cheer one another on. Because in the end, it's not about what we've acquired or what we've accomplished. It's about who we've helped and who we've made better. Harry Truman once said, it's amazing what you can achieve when nobody cares who gets the credit. Love that. When Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall, he had the whole community working on different parts of it at the same time. And the result was that they built this wall in 52 days. That's what happens when the whole team pulls together. Last week, the mic started whistling. I don't know whether anybody else noticed it. But Josh just got out of his seat quietly, went to the back, got another one, passed it to the leader. That's working together. I can give you an even better example than that. Last Sunday night, after the service, I was in a really in-depth conversation with somebody. And just before I'd started that conversation, I'd half-buttered some of the communion bread that was left over. That's how we rock and roll on a Sunday night. We take the lerpat with us just in case. So I'd half-buttered this cob, and I was just sat eating it as I was talking to somebody. And we were having a really important conversation. And then I realized that half of it wasn't buttered, so I put it down and I carried on my conversation. And when I turned around, I noticed that Sarah O'Connor was buttering it for me. So I came back to a full piece of bread. It was wonderful. That is pulling together. That's team. Thirdly, let's hold one another accountable. Here's a culture shift for some of you, okay? We're no longer accountable just to a pastor or to a team leader. Everyone in the team is accountable to everybody else in the team. So if we don't deliver on a task or if we know we've operated under par or maybe we've come into church with a face like a wet weekend and it's impacted others, we're not going to go privately messaging our team leader or the pastor to say sorry. From now on, we're going to say sorry to the whole team because as Zac Afron once famously sang in High School Musical, we're all in this together. And I'm not going to do any more. So let's leave no room for retaliation, for offence, for jealousy or pride or self-centred behaviour. And if we see it, let's hold that person accountable. In love, people. In love. Not just to improve an individual's growth, but the effectiveness of the entire team. Because we are one body, as we've heard already today, with many parts. And we need each other. So let's make sure we look for the best.
and be the best that we possibly can. Fourthly, we're going to include one another. Again, this isn't the job of the leader. Now it's the responsibility of everyone in the team to make everybody else feel included. Now, Includer just so happens to be one of my top five strengths. If anyone's ever done this book by Marcus Buckingham, Now Discover Your Strengths, you take a test, there's 39 things in it, and it throws up your top five. And one of mine is Includer, and this is the description in the book. Stretch the circle wider. You want to include people and make them feel part of a group, and you actively avoid the groups that exclude others. You want to expand the group so as many as possible can benefit from its support. You hate the sight of someone on the outside looking in. You want to draw them in so they feel the warmth of the group. You're an instinctively accepting person. Your conviction is that fundamentally, we are all the same. We are all equally important, so nobody should be ignored. Each of us should be included. It is the least that we all deserve. Love that. And at the last, at the, um, last Dream Team night in July, I just happened to be sat on a table right near the door, and I could see a couple of people hovering outside, and they didn't want to come in because they'd only served once. They're quite new to the church. They'd just come onto the Dream Team. I wasn't having any of that. They've served. They're serving. They're part of the church. They're part of us. They are the body. So I was out there like a flash, pulling them in and making sure that they were a part of everything. And that's what we should do as members of a Dream Team. We're going to include everybody. We're going to actively encourage interactions. There's going to be no place for cliques, no place for these little private group conversations. That's not who we are, and it's not what we want. I'm not saying that happens. I'm just saying it isn't going to happen. And finally, how are we doing? Treat one another as you would want to be treated. This is the golden rule that Jesus gave us as his disciples. So it's worth including here as a commitment. We're going to treat our team members with respect and with dignity and with a pure heart. There's no giving others a job that we wouldn't do ourselves. There's going to be no bad behavior like talking behind each other's backs or turning up late or leaving early. Stuff like that is going to be called out in love as a team. One of the best things about the dream team is when we hear that someone's just stepped in or covered somebody who couldn't make it, especially when it gets done on the quiet. I love the way that you guys just serve like that. So let's keep doing right. Let's keep loving each other. Let's commit to being honest with one another, helping one another, holding one another accountable, including one another, and treating one another the way that we would want to be treated. Because if we're committing to the dream team in these godly ways, we're going to be behaving in a God-honoring and glorifying way. And we're going to be bigger, we're going to be better, we're going to be stronger, we're going to be more productive, and we're going to be more fruitful.